So life definitely does happen um, and there are some big purchases in life that most of us will need to go into some level of debt to actually obtain. So like houses um, and cars and so on. Some, some of those things you can't buy cash because of just the amount of money that is needed. So yes, you, you definitely like at some point you might need to actually go into, into debt. But how you actually get into that debt is, is the crucial part. And I think the pitfalls that I've seen in terms of the conversations I've had a lot, especially within my community, is that knowing your credit score is a big one. My name is Diana, and this is the Family Finance Show, the podcast to help you manage your family's finances better. Every week, we share an episode on topics relating to increasing your family's income and managing expenses, controlling your debt, and investing for the future. Welcome to the Family Finance Show with Diana Granu, proudly brought to you by Old Mutual. This podcast is your weekly guide to effective budgeting, planning, and future-proofing of your family's finances. Because money matters to every family, and every family matters at Old Mutual. Enjoy the show. This week, Tandor from Small Steps to Freedom joins us. We talk about one of the most important topics in personal finance, debt. The cost of debt is generally not well understood and it can have significant consequences if you don't control it. If you do one thing today, please make it a review of your current debt and the cost of that debt. Tando, why would somebody want to be debt free? Are there any benefits to having debt? Why would somebody not want debt? I think that there are definitely benefits to having some level of debt um, in terms of just maintaining and building up your credit score. But I think in terms of being debt free, the very like the biggest benefit has to be the financial freedom that comes with it. You have a lot more options available to you when you don't have any debt. If you think about if you want to leave a job, for example, you don't and you don't have debt, you little you have more flexibility in terms of actually taking that big step. Um, assuming that maybe you have like an emergency fund and things like that. But I I really like the financial freedom that comes with with being debt-free. And being able to sleep easy at night. I think the the stress that comes with debt is also a big one. Exactly, exactly. And that is a very big one, especially in terms of the times that we live in now when we don't know what's going to be happening tomorrow and the day after um, and people are worried about maybe losing their jobs. You sleep a little bit better if you know that if you do lose your job, at least you do not owe anyone any money that you need to pay back at the end of the month. And what about different kinds of debt? So uh, some debt uh, could be considered good debt and other debt perhaps not so beneficial for your financial health. What kind of debt do consumers have access to? I like the whole um, conversation that happens around debt where there is good and bad debt. Um, That's very interesting to me there really is just debt. Um, And I think if you start looking at it that way, it makes it a little bit better to actually understand and navigate it um, a lot lot better. So when it comes to like just the kind of debts that are available to people, there's primarily just two kinds, um, broadly speaking. So there's secured debt and then there's unsecured debt. So the unsecured debt is like the usual, your your personal loans, your... uh, 
credit card loans and then secured secure debt we're talking about your home loans and your car loans so how you use those types of debt then depends on you and when you understand the how they actually work and what they're actually meant for you're able to utilize them a little bit better than someone who may just end up maybe even using a personal loan for um paying off like maybe a home loan or a car loan so that's or a car off so that, that's definitely something that is very important to understand that there is secured and unsecured debt and the pros and cons that come with that and also just a very big one there is the interest rates that are attached to it because if your debt is a secured debt then you you probably have a lower interest rate compared to someone with an unsecured debt because there's just nothing for the bank to come and claim if anything goes wrong and um, yes, as you say, the, the interest rate is a big one to consider because the lower the interest you pay, the better for you as a consumer. The interest rate payment is giving you no real benefit. You're just paying the bank uh, because they loaned you money. So if, if you do have debt, that's one of the key things to look at is your different interest rates. Um, so say somebody does need to take on debt because life happens. We don't always have cash available when we need it. We we potentially need to uh, make a big purchase, for example, a car or a house, uh, something quite big, and we uh, we won't be able to to pay for those things in cash. So so say somebody does need to take on on debt. What are some of the com- common pitfalls to avoid? So life definitely does happen um, and there's some big purchases in life that most of us will need to go into some level of debt to actually obtain. So like houses um, and cars and so on. Some, some of those things you can't buy cash because of just the amount of money that's needed. So yes, you, you definitely, like at some point you might need to actually go into, into debt. But how you actually get into that debt is is the crucial part. And I think the pitfalls that I've seen in terms of the conversations I've had a lot, especially within my community, is that knowing your credit score is a big one. A lot of people tend to go into or take out um, loans without actually understanding what their credit score means or what they or even knowing what their credit score um, is and if you have a good credit score you can actually use that to leverage in in terms of negotiating interest rates and so on which makes which gives you a lot of uh, gives you a better a better standing point in terms of negotiating those interest rates um and just a thing that i just i touched on um previously but it also is a pitfall is just knowing the type of debt that you're actually looking for and making sure that you're taking up the appropriate type of debt. So not using a personal loan to pay off a car, for example. Um, And then the other couple of things is just shopping around and actually knowing that you don't need to, you don't have to borrow money from the bank that you bank with. You can actually borrow from other institutions outside of your bank so that you can get a comparison and actually get the best deal offered for you. So say you don't want, you no longer want to have your debt. Say you've got high interest rates, um, a lot of debt, and you you want to be debt free. How can you pay off your debt faster? What are some techniques you can use? Well, there's primarily two techniques or two methods. That's, and I think a lot of people have heard of these methods before, but I'm just going to repeat them. That's the debt snowball and the debt avalanche, right? And this which method you end up going with really has it depends on 
what type of person you are as well as just how much motivation you need to actually get your debt um, paid off because with the debt snowball that that will really give you motivation because with that method you're essentially paying off the loan with the with the with the smallest loan first um, and then working your way down the list whereas with the debt avalanche you're paying off the debt with the highest interest rate first so that you actually save on interest so it really does depend on what type of person you are do you need the motivation that the snowball method will give you or do you actually want to be smart about it in terms of the numbers and make sure that you pay off less in terms of interest in the long term then you're going with the debt avalanche method but i think it's important to understand exactly what your motivation is you might want to pay off your debt very very quickly but are you also paying it off in a smart way in a, in a way that actually make, ensures that you'll actually finish the whole process because you don't want to burn yourself out at the beginning and I suppose both of those methods require a, a full audit of what your debts are. I think often people put their head in the sand. They they try to ignore all the debts. They don't really know what debts they have and what interest rates they have. So it's a real big pain, but you basically have to get a notebook and pen or a spreadsheet and write down all of your debts, a kind of debt health check, who you owe money to, how much money it is, and what interest rate you are paying. And, and I suppose then you can choose, as you've nicely described, whether the snowball or the avalanche method suits you better. And obviously, I mean, it goes without saying, but I was just thinking as you were talking that while you're trying to pay off your debt, you shouldn't take on more debt. So if your aim is to be debt-free, don't fall into the trap of having to take on more debt while you're in this whole process. Yes, no, that would that would definitely be counter counterproductive. But I think having just having a full picture of your finances is crucial, whether you're in debt or not. You just have to have an idea of exactly where everything is um, at any given point, because that will give you that will tell you exactly where you are in comparison to where you want to be so that you can actually start mapping out the process to actually get to where you want to be. If you don't know where you where your finances stand currently, then how are you going to get them to where you want them to be in the next five, 10 years? Um, is something I think is very important to to remember. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think people often put it off because uh, they they don't really want to know the truth. They actually they have an idea of, of how bad it is, but they don't actually really want to know. So you just have to motivate yourself and, and just just do it. Just take a Friday off or a Saturday and just uh, get all of your finances uh, yes. well written down and everything like that. Yeah. I'm um, sorry. Can I add actually on there as well is that you need to really know why you want to get out of debt because no one like people have so many different reasons for why they want to get out of debt whether that is like financially it just makes more sense for them to pay off their debts or they just don't want to deal with the stress anymore or they, there's something that they want to do in the next few years that they need for that needs them to actually take care of their debt now so i think starting with your why is very important why do you actually want to get out of debt because that is what's going to keep keep you motivated along the way when you hit maybe a month where you're not, you're not able to actually 
pay anything towards your debt um during hard times so that we actually be, you're actually able to pick it up in the following month because you, you're going you're constantly going back to your why so whenever you're actually able to pay it down you're actually putting in the that effort towards becoming debt free yeah and it's different for for every person obviously i mean that goes without saying but people each person as many people there are in the world there'll be different whys for why you want to be debt free for me personally it was just that um i wanted to free up that money to do something else with it so uh, it's expensive having debt it's expensive having to pay the bank interest every month and i thought why would I want to do that? There's better things I can spend my money on. But that's just one perspective. There's obviously many more perspectives than that. Exactly. Um, um, and yeah, go ahead. Go for it. Oh, no, I was just saying, um, so when I became, when I was on my journey to becoming debt-free, my biggest reason was was the fact that I really didn't understand what I was doing. So I had debt, but I didn't understand how credit worked. So it was playing against against me, basically, because I was essentially just taking out this debt because I had been told that I needed to have this thing called a credit score, but I didn't necessarily understand how it works. So now I was just piling on the debt without actually taking a step back to say, why am I actually going into that type of debt? Why am I doing this and that? And how does it actually shape shape my financial future going forward? So I think if you don't understand how debt or how credit works specifically or how your credit works, then that is a de- definitely like um, a red flag. And that's one reason why I think this episode, the subject of this episode is quite important for people to understand because people who who were in your position, who are in the same position as you were in, so people today who don't know how credit and, and debt works, uh, this this episode is intended to, to help them get that understanding so that they can take control rather than feel controlled by all the, uh, the people that they owe money to. Um, Tanto, yes. the next question is, is I suppose, uh, closely related to the snowball and avalanche method that you discussed. Uh, so it depends on your personal circumstance. But if a listener had um, paid extra money into their home loan, so they had paid extra and they have an access bond, so they could theoretically take that out, should they use that money to pay off their car loan? That is that is a good question. I like the fact that you highlighted um, that it is definitely a personal decision because everyone's financial situation is very different. But I think what's important to like consider the are two things, which is the interest rate as well as just the period of the loan, right? And I think what people tend to forget um, when they when they think about paying off or paying paying off their car using their their home home loan right is that the car loan the the in the car loans car loans period is is shorter than a, a home loans period so you know, with your home loan you're in there for 20 years um usually and car loans up to maybe like five years right and the, that that loan period makes a difference because if you just look at it at a surface level to say, okay, I'm going to finance my car using my home loan because my home loan is going to give me a, a lower interest rate, then you're actually forgetting that you still need to actually pay your home loan off in the next 15, 20 years, right? So you need to really do the numbers to say, how much am I actually saving in terms of interest and in terms of 
how does it play out in terms of the loan period because when i was actually playing around um in preparation for this interview and doing the numbers i actually realized that if you use your home loan to finance your car then you and you you, you actually end up paying way more at the end of your your home loan period if you do not increase the amount of money that you're actually paying towards your bond every single month. So you really do need to actually do the numbers and see how you are saving and how you can smartly use use your home your your home loan to actually finance your car. There are smart ways, but you do need to do the numbers for, for you to actually see how it would actually work in your situation. So the length of the loan, the period of the loan, and the interest rate are two things to consider there. And you have to obviously do your calculations, as you say. Yes. What about debt? What about debt counselling? Is debt counselling a good or a bad thing? Well, I think debt counselling has its place. It definitely has its place, especially, or it is designed specifically for people who are over indebted and have reached a point where they're now basically overwhelmed by their debt and they're unable to, to like attend to their debt and they have some kind of court order that says that. And I think it definitely, it definitely has its place because if you find yourself in a situation where you have reached a point where your debts are so much that you are, you are basically unable to pay your basic necessities every month, then you do want to have a professional come in and have a look at your debts and help you restructure them and negotiate some payment um, arrangements with the, the creditors that you owe. But I think another, a big thing to really remember that if you do end up having to take that route is making sure that your debt counselor is actually working in your favor because I think there's there have been a lot of cases where people come out to say, oh, I was paying this amount of money, but it hasn't really even reduced my loan period or it is actually extended my loan period so much that I'll never really pay it back. So you want to make sure that you're keeping a pulse on on what's happening there and not just outsourcing it completely to the debt counselor because at the end of the day it is your they are your finances and you want to make sure that whatever is happening there is in your best interest yes you have to empower yourself i mean this is your life that you're talking about so indeed if the debt counselor is not acting in your best interest definitely better to get rid of him or her yes and informal lenders. So in South Africa, there are just so many informal lenders and uh, kind of misinformation even spread about debt and how you can take out debt. And um, yeah, would, would you say it's safe to use informal lenders? Oh, no, I don't, <laughs> I don't even think that is, that is even a question um, we should be asking at this point. I think we have learned um, from the numerous stories um, and just the educate. There's been so much education around the informal lenders as well because they, they definitely are. A, I think they're a threat in a sense, um, if I can use that word, because they they are not legal one. That is a big thing. They are not a legal entity. They are not allowed to borrow your money in any form and usually when in their practices what they do is what i found actually or in the adverts that i've seen when you walk around town and you see those random posters that say oh we'll mm. worry you this money up this amount of money all you have to do is give us your id the, like and then they can hold on to your id so i would i would definitely caution not even caution i would say 
avoid informal lenders at all costs because they will ruin your life because those guys will want their money at the end of the day so if you can't if you find yourself at the end of the month and you can't pay off or you pay, you pay back their money then they might hold on to your id if you've given them your id they might even threaten your life which is something that actually does happen every single day so no informal traders or my shonisa no that that is definitely a no-go area <laughs> i just saw the impacts of this with a, a previous helper of mine a domestic helper um she people can just get into the worst situations and debt spiraling out of control and i guess that's why they end up using these illegal um lenders but yeah like i think my previous domestic worker had an account with i think it was trueworth or anyway one of the retail um outlets and uh, she was struggling to pay that off and then she had some schooling debt for grandchildren and then there was some hospital debt i was actually honestly getting debt collectors phoning me as the employer very regularly and i think she eventually went to uh, an informal lender to to try and pay off these other le- uh, debts but it, it's just such a such a bad and downward spiral um in the end I, I lent her some money and you know all the debt was paid off and i lent her the money interest free but i was disappointed even after all of that and trying to educate her on on the the disadvantages of debt that she struggled to to not go into debt again um so i think i i've never paid her a full salary she was always uh, in debt to me for something or other so i can understand how people do get into these debt spirals you sometimes need to borrow money to pay off other loans and that's just the worst worst situation to be like there it's like code red situation you need to get out of it i think for most people that we're speaking to on the podcast hopefully their debt situation is not that bad and hopefully by by implementing some of the things you've spoken about if they do want to get out of debt they should be able to do it by themselves Exactly. Um and I think just to add on the informal lenders is that they they usually charge ridiculous fees and that goes back to the fact that they're not a legal entity. No one regulates them. There's there's no form of legal backing that they have. They're basically illegal if I can use that word. But because they usually charge I've seen 75%, 100% in some cases which is completely insane because imagine if you skip a payment then what's going to happen in 2 months that money is going to be more than double that you now owe so that is and i think in edu- in terms of the education part of it i think in at some level we're not reaching the people that actually do go to informal lenders because these these are usually people who are not in the in the personal finance communities on twitter um and things like that so we're not we have to find ways to actually reach those people and make sure that they actually understand what we mean when we say you shouldn't go to mashonisa because of a b and c and d so that they and also show them how the actual formal lending industry actually works so that they can actually be able to step in and use that instead of the informal lenders Yeah, and I think one thing that all of our listeners can do, I agree with you probably with this podcast we're not reaching the people who are using informal informal lenders, but what you what everyone can do is speak to 
the staff that work in their homes, if they have any. So their domestic helpers, people who help in the garden, and explain to them why it's so bad to go to informal lenders for loans and just, you know, try and spread that information so that few, fewer people are, are taken in by these, these schemes. And Tando, um, you've built quite a nice community around financial education on, on Twitter. Tell us about your handle, Small Steps to Freedom. What does it mean and what do you do? So I actually used that, um, the, the name Small Steps to Freedom on purpose because it speaks a lot to my own personal finance journey um, because one of my biggest goals is to reach financial freedom and ultimately retire early to do whatever really I, I feel passionate about. But the whole thinking on Small Steps to Freedom is I'm trying to communicate to people that you don't need to you don't need to take the huge steps you don't need to make a million rand a month for you to be financially free or to build wealth you can actually do it slowly and that's where the the small steps comes in because i want to get people to try and take the small the small steps every day try and put down a budget try and actually put down a financial plan start investing with that five rand with that 10 rand because that those are the steps that will actually get you to the point where you need where you need to get there's that um cliche saying that says um a journey of a thousand miles starts with one step and i think it's in in as much as it's used so much it still stands very very true because you have to start um and that's that's really the whole idea behind small steps to freedom is to get people to start and to get people to understand that they can actually achieve financial freedom all they need is the knowledge and the action um behind it and that's that's what small steps to freedom stands for and Tando, this is the, my last question is one that I ask all of my guests, and that is, what is the one piece of financial advice you would like to pass on to the next generation? Well, even though I'm not having my own children, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, do, I do have a piece of financial advice that I really like share with, with anyone that asks me like generally what I think, um, and that is knowledge is something we can all get. But our minds need to be ready so that we can actually take that knowledge into action plans and then ultimately results. And that really, for me, speaks to just continuously learning and be willing to discover new things, um, especially when you comes to like when you comes to the finance space, you realize that there's so many things that you just genuinely just do not know about and you still need to learn. And you'll never reach a point where you totally understand how you're supposed to be investing in the best way to to invest but you can keep learning as you go along so that's that's really my my piece of advice is to just keep learning about about finance keep like applying it to your own life and adapting it as you go along that's that's really the only way that you're actually going to be able to ultimately build wealth great thanks tando thanks so much for being on the show Thank you. This was amazing. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to stay on the journey to improving your family's financial well-being.
Thank you for listening to the Family Finance Show with Diana Granu. Proudly brought to you by Old Mutual. The time is now to own your financial future. Visit oldmutual.co.za for more great advice, articles, free budgeting tools and calculators, or to find a financial advisor. We'll be back next week.